Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. How's everybody's week been? Good eh? weekend, relaxing. Yeah, I told the guys this morning I didn't get worked up over sport really. Normally, uh, but yeah, I must admit the last two weeks have been um, stressful on <laughs> the rugby front. Any case, um, at least the cricket guys made it had it made it easier for us. Didn't Keep us stressed till the end. Anyways. Alright. Awesome. Um, I, I had a funny uh, thing happen this week. My, our kids bring home jokes from school. And um, so sometimes they're good, sometimes they're terrible. But we like we like to laugh as a family, you know. So then Emily, the little one, she wants to be part of the jokes, and then she she has a good sense of humour. And the other day, she went with a friend to the friend's birthday party. She drove with the friend's dad. A friend of ours stays very close to us. Stays close to us, and uh, and he was telling me afterwards how she was. Telling these long stories and jokes and stuff in the car. I was like, really? He said, yeah, she was going for it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's quite funny. And the other day she brought a joke home and she said, and I thought it's, it's reasonably safe for the pulpit, you know, because it's, it's, you can never tell. But uh, she said, it's Af- Afrikaans. I'll try and translate. She said, what time is it when you can smell the lion's breath? Or it actually translates into how late is it? Who Lord is it? It's too late. Yeah. So David, my son, he, he tuned it a bit. He says, it's dinner time when uh, <laughs> you can smell the lion's breath. <laughs> and the bad news is you're going to be the dinner. Anyway, so, yeah, but it's funny. Sometimes they, um, the jokes are terrible, sometimes they're good. And I've noticed Emily still still laughs at my dad kind of jokes, you know. But the other two, not so much. Abigail, the eldest one, she rolls her eyes already, and she's like, you know, this is getting a bit much. Anyways, tough tough times. Hallelujah. All right, I'm gonna, let's just pray for the word as we get into it. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you for your presence in this place right now. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is alive, God. Thank you that you didn't send us a WhatsApp or an email, God. You sent your Son, and you gave us your Word, which is alive and powerful, Lord. And it's, as we dig into it, as we immerse ourselves in your presence and in your Word, thank you, God, that we are transformed in your presence by the power of your Spirit. So we thank you, God. And we, Holy Spirit, we ask, we open our hearts, and we ask that you would come and do your will in us, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We've been chatting about um, channels being channels of the grace of God. And yeah, just maybe a quick recap. 
you know, last time we looked at how how we have this blessing, this this treasure of the presence of God and His grace and His word and um, in earthen vessels. And I just want to read that scripture again and um, from the Amplified Version this time. And he said, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory and majesty of God clearly revealed in the face of Christ. But we have this precious treasure. What's this treasure? The good news about salvation in unworthy earthen vessels of human frailty, so that the grandeur and surpassing greatness of the power will be shown to be from God, His sufficiency, and not from ourselves. Remember we looked at that old dynamic that God has given us so much, and He's poured out so much into us, and He's given us of Himself, and He's, he's, he's given us eternal life, and there's so much that He has given us, but that is not meant to stop with us, that we are blessed to be a blessing. We are meant to be a channel of the glory of God and the presence of God and the love of God. Amen? And not just to be like a, trying to keep it all for ourselves. Um, and there's such a powerful picture that, that the glory and the light that shines in us is, is in a frail, imperfect vessel. And it's exactly for that reason that it is like that, so that His glory may be revealed. You know, and we looked at how when we pretend that everything is fine, then His glory is not revealed. But when we are real and, and, and authentic and about who we are and how, where we are not good and where we're not fine and <laughs> where we are vulnerable, then the glory of God is revealed. Um, and... Uh, I was encouraged this week. You know, we, we looked at the scripture saying that we are salt and light. And how that is God's truth spoken over us. He doesn't say maybe some of you believers, maybe some of you are salt and light. He said, no, you are. once you're a believer, you are the, the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And that is, and sometimes we convince ourselves, maybe that's another Christian, but not me, you know. <laughs> And we looked at how, how important it is for us not to believe everything that we think, everything the enemy throws at us. Remember that? So, and, but instead of that, to really focus on and speak the word of the truth of Scripture over our lives, over our circumstance, over our situation, to, pro, to pronounce, proclaim the truth of, this, of the word over who we are. And even if that means you have to stand in, the, in front of the mirror every morning and quote a bunch of scriptures of what God says about you, then do that. Because there's such a powerful dynamic when we say, this is what God says about me. You know, my eldest is now in that age where the peer group has a lot of influence. She's 12. And it's, I'm so... Well, I'm so encouraged because she talks about stuff happening at school. She talks to us about that, which is amazing. And But, you know, the kids say stuff to each other that you just cannot believe. But I, I'm so encouraged because she, she's really strong in terms of who she is in Christ. She's firm in the identity. And... Um, and she's always very puzzled when, when kids do mean things and, you know, say mean things to each other 
And because then we chat about it, say, why? Why do they do that? You know, why? It comes from a place of insecurity, etc. But there's a powerful place where we are rooted and grounded in who we are in Christ. And we live from that place. And, um, and then we remember one of the things that, we, that the Scripture does say is that we are salt and light. So are we living that truth? And are we going to continuing a little bit in that? Um, and I was so challenged this week again uh, that one of the ways that we mature as believers, one of the ways you can tell what we're maturing, I was listening to this thing on the radio, and, and they said that if you, are, if you are able to do the hard things, the right things, the right thing, when, even when it feels completely wrong. In other words, so even if, if you have all the right to be upset with somebody or offended with somebody, or if they've done terrible things to you, if maybe at, at work somebody has falsely accused you or said terrible things or lies, said, told lies about you, if you give all the good reasons to be very upset and very you know, angry, in, the, in that moment, you know, God says that we should love those who persecute us and bless those who curse us. And those, those, that's hard. That's really hard. I mean, um, and, and then it's that place where everything in our flesh and our wants to be stand up for our rights and, and you know, fight for ourselves. <laughs> and the scripture says the opposite. And that's, those are the hard things. And that's how, that's how, and I've found that when we are able to, when, when the pressure is on, when we are able to allow God to come through, <laughs> that's where His glory is really revealed. When we're able to say, Lord, I, I want to shout and scream and kick and I want to respond, but I want to, Holy Spirit, please help me to respond in, in a godly way. That is when the, the glory of God is revealed. Amen. And I found that sometimes you're so in a turmoil and you're just wrestling with your flesh and you're trying to be a, be a, have a godly response that you don't realize that your response you know, is actually ministering to somebody else because they can see, wow, this, this is different. <laughs> this person is not throwing a tantrum. They're not fighting for the rights. They're not going all out. They're not going ballistic like I expected. They're remaining calm. They're you know, even if it's not on the inside, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then that's when the glory of God is revealed. Okay, so th this, this evening we're going to continue a little bit in this theme. And at Luke, there we are, Luke chapter 5. It's one of the well-known well account of Jesus healing someone and... Um, Let's quickly read it from verse 17. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Powerful moment. He saw their faith. 
Let's go on. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, who, Why do you question in your hearts which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose, he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all and they glorified God and were filled with awe saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Such an amazing account. And so there were two things, that, just before I continue, this, that how powerful is this that in the other um, translation, or the other gospels also mentioning this, it says that they saw the faith of the guys that brought their friend. Not so, not maybe also the guy that was paralyzed, but also they saw the faith of those that brought him there. And he said, um, when he saw their faith, he responded to that faith. Now, I can relate to this guy a little bit. But not in the way that, in the like straightforward way. But in some, in many ways I can relate. And I want to actually share a little bit of my story with you guys. Many of you have heard bits of it already. So I'll keep it short, but um, just to kind of give a bit of context of what I'm going to say next. So um, I grew up in a, in a Christian environment, very protected and very, not actually far from here, in the east of Pretoria. And, uh, and um, we, would, we did go to church regularly, but my parents were not born again. And and I was more trapped in a, in the more the the legalism of culture and traditions and customs, which and there was no living relationship with God. I was trying to do all the right things according to the way my you know ancestors did them, <laughs> but I did not have a relationship with God, and it made it a bit more complex that my mom is German and my dad is Afrikaans. So there was that dynamic as well, um, that we did go to church, but I did not have a relationship with God. So I was, I was trapped in this legalism, and I was bound by fear, by sin, and shame, and I wasn't able to move. I wasn't moving towards Christ, can I say that? Um, so I was doing all the right moves. On the surface, stuff looked good. If you asked any of my friends or people in the community, Tell me about this Yaku guy that was like, he's a great Christian, you know, he does well in his academics and sports and he's a leader and all of that stuff. So on the surface, everything would have looked kind of good in terms of worldly perception. But I was far from God. I mean, and, uh, and you know what is so cool about Scripture? There's, there's all these accounts. Uh, and you must go, if you want to do a study about this, you should. I've preached about this before. You know, there's, and the, and the, the account would be chaos, crazy stuff happening, crisis, and, and then the, the phrase, but God. But God in His great mercy, or but God, etc., etc. Et and then in my life, well, there were a bunch of these moments that 
There was darkness and despair and sin and shame, but God. Amen? And this, this is how God intervened. This is, how, this is the but God in my life. But God had people praying for me. I had a, a grandmother. She's passed away. But she, her and my aunt prayed for us every single day. I'm pretty sure that from the day that I was born till the day that my grandmother passed away, she prayed for me every single day. I do not doubt that. And my aunt is the same. She's, she's still with us and she is still praying. And now she's got more people to pray for because now we've got kids and, you know, etc. But, you know, all three of us, me and my two sisters, even when my parents were not born again, <coughs> when my parents were still far from God, we were radically saved. And I'm going to just say a little bit, but I had people praying for me. Hallelujah. They were carrying me in their prayers towards Christ. In a place where I was not moving closer to God, they were putting in the time to pray for us every day. They were, their faith and their prayers was carrying me closer to Christ. Are you with me? And then secondly, there was a teacher in primary school. And I, I could see by the way this guy spoke and by the way he lived, by the way he treated us, there was something different to this person. And I realized, I realized only later that he was not only imparting facts, he was imparting life. And the way he spoke about God, the way he, he just spoke to us was very different than other teachers. And he said something one day, and I can still remember he said that it is possible to have an assurance of your salvation. He's, I can't remember his exact words. But he, he said that it is possible that in this life you can be sure about your eternal destiny. And at that point, that wasn't true for me. I was like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> because I was living in a, from a place of trying so hard to please God. Trying so hard and but having this fear on me that I would not be accepted by God. And he said, it is possible. And there are so many other things. And I want to encourage you, if you're a teacher this evening, or if you work with people, or if you're an educator, do not underestimate the power of you imparting life, and not just facts, or not just doing your job when you're dealing with people, or whatever you do. There's such a powerful dynamic when we are all the light and the salt that God has called us to be in the place that he has put us. Um, do not underestimate the power of every word, every interaction with a person or a child or a, a parent for that matter. There, there, is, there is such a powerful anointing there and such a powerful opportunity and that, those, someone, a few of those, the specific one, but others also were pointing me to Christ. They were, they were those people carrying me, I mean, um, to Him. And then I had friends. Not, the one guy wasn't even my friend at that point, but he was inviting me to come to the youth thing. And he just didn't stop. And, 
and uh, I think he invited me once or twice, and then he invited me again when they had this bigger event at the youth. And then I was like, okay. <laughs> and that is where I was born again. But they did not preach at me. He didn't preach at me. He didn't try and convince me of anything. But he did faithfully invite me to come. And thinking about it now, they probably also prayed for me. Amen? But friends that were saying, come and see. Come, come along. Come and check it out. Those were some of those carrying me. And then there was a youth leader, I mean youth leaders and a youth pastor that had a massive impact. Once I did become born again and I started going to youth and all of that stuff, there were, there were key guys there that God put in my life. And if you work with young people, again, or if you're working maybe in a sport environment or somewhere where you have to do with people in the, in the young age group, you know, high school, primary school, high school, student age, that is some of the most, there's some of the most important forming and shaping that's happening in those years. I mean, and uh, I'm so thankful for faithful people that God put in my life, administered to me. And I, I want to, and then, and then when I got to, to university, I had a, uh, one of the guys staying with me in my res who was, kept on praying, kept on inviting, kept on engaging with me to get me to join Shofar. Hallelujah. All right? <laughs> Here I am. But uh, what I want to say to us, I, I, when I'm saying all of these things, I'm absolutely certain that if you're sitting here and you're a believer, you can tell me similar stories. You can tell me who is it that's praying for you right now? <laughs> or who was it that was praying for you? Are you amen? Is there one or two that can relate? Always one or two. All right. But we have, we have these people in our lives that carried us to Christ when we were still far. Amen. And the, the, I really believe that, that God is inviting us to be that person for somebody else. And what a privilege, isn't it? To, to be reminded of the wrestling and the struggling, and the, but the fact that God used different kinds of people in different situations to bring us to a point where we said, yes, God, I want to follow you. And I want us to encourage it just in the way that somebody's faith and somebody's faithfulness carried me to Jesus. I believe that you and I can be that person in somebody else's life. We can be that person praying. I mean, we can be that person inviting. We can be that person saying something encouraging or imparting life and not just going about a daily business. We can be that neighbor <laughs> or that guy at the gym or that person that kept inviting. I want to just read here in... Um, Let's look at Matthew 10 from verse 7. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. So this is Jesus sending out his disciples. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. 
it's accessible. It's for everybody. It's not far off. All right? He says it's here. And then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. All right, go all out. <laughs> and then he says, give as freely as you have received. And this is on my heart this evening that when I look at my life, I can see what I have received. I stand in awe of what God has done. I am in awe of the people that God has put in my life. Amen? And I'm, I'm in, I, I believe God is inviting us to do the same, to go and give as freely as we have received, to be that person for somebody else, to be that person that prays. Uh, I told you about my friend that got saved. That, that he's living in Germany now. We've been friends since standard six. What's that, grade eight? And I prayed for that guy. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> you know, when we used to, we, often we used to write down somewhere a little card who we're going to pray for for salvation. His name was on that list every single time. And now recently, just months ago, he got absolutely radically saved. Um, he was filled with the Spirit. Nobody laid hands on him. He was just seeking God. And God is doing But it's not going to take 30 years for everybody, okay? So hang in there. <laughs> it's going to be shorter for many. But I remember what, once with all those prayers over my life and that, those, those people inviting me that night at the, at the youth meeting, the youth conference thing, for the first time I realized I have to make a decision. I can't go along with, I can't go based on something my parents did or didn't do. I have to choose and I have to, I am responsible that whether I want to follow Jesus or not. And, um, and that evening for the first time I knew that I have eternal life. And I had a peace that I did not have before. And I didn't have all the answers, but I know that day that God had changed my life. Amen. Um, so I want us to do a, read another scripture here. Um, Okay, let's look at John chapter 4. Um, from verse 25. So this is the, a very well-known account of Jesus at the well with the women from uh, the Samaritan women. And just a quick background. So he's at the well. He sends his disciples to go buy food. She's there. She's drawing water. And he engages with her. Chats, starts talking. He starts talking to about living water, that he can give her living water, and she's confused. Then he, the Holy Spirit shows him something about her life, and she speaks into that situation about her coming out of a cycle of broken marriages and, and dis disastrous relationships. Um, and suddenly realize, she realizes, okay, something's happening here. God is speaking through this person. And then they go back and forth about worship. And then she says this to him. <clears throat> the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So he's basically saying, this is me. I'm the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with the woman but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar 
which she, she came to draw water with, and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Come and see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? You know, did he have a secret snack pack somewhere? Anyway, <laughs> Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. The fields are ready. The harvest is ready. Well, maybe this is a word for somebody tonight that if you are wrestling with where God has put you right now, or you're not fulfilled in your work or in your situation where you're in now, I want to encourage you to go back to God. And ask him about his will for your situation and your place where he's put you right now. Because it's when we are about his business and his will that we are truly fulfilled. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. <laughs> Might not be what you want to hear in terms of when you go and, and wrestle with God about your situation. But it's when you have a conviction of his will and his purpose for you where he has placed you. That is when we are truly fulfilled. Amen. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's continue. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. She did not preach at them. She did not, you know, teach at the Bible school or minister at the temple. In fact, she was, because of her marital disasters, she was not a, in a good space with the community, Right? But she had an experience with the living God. She met Jesus. And she went and she told people, listen, I met this person. <laughs> you should come and meet him as well. So I want to encourage you this evening. You know, we've been chatting the last couple of weeks and maybe even months about how are we salt and light? How do we share our testimony? How do we... How do we Share the gospel with people. And I know this is daunting. I know this is many of us think, how, how do we share the love of God? I don't, you know, maybe you, you feel, I, I don't, I'm not yet at a place where I can preach in front of a bunch of people. Amen? Or if you think of somebody like Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonker or whoever, I'm not there yet, okay, I'm not there. Or I'm not, maybe I'm not there yet where I'll go and pray for a dead person and have faith to, for them to rise from the dead. Okay? I, I don't want to put you in a box or anything, but I'm just saying, if you're not there yet, that happened to me once. Did I tell you? Somebody phoned me. No joke. 
I was still in England, and the, the office phone rang at, at the church office, and this lady said, she met us once, the, she met us so far, at a, a fair at the Wimbledon Common. It's like a park, right? And there were lots of stalls. We had a stall there, and we were praying for sick people. And she met us there, and now a son has passed away, and she knew if anybody would be willing to pray for us, a, a son that has passed away to be raised from the dead, it would be the show for people. Okay, so I was like, I don't know if I should take this as a compliment, you know, but I was thinking, why did I answer the phone, you know, today, you know, type of thing. In any case, uh, the, the Lord did not raise him from the dead, but the Lord did minister very powerfully to that family. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting situation. But, so maybe you're not there yet, right? Maybe uh, you're, I'm not saying you won't get there, but maybe you're not there yet. So I'm saying, what are the, what are the small steps that we can take? Maybe you don't think of yourself as somebody that can do the work of an evangelism. Like Paul encourages Timothy, he says, do the work of your ministry, do what God has called you to do, do the stuff that you're good with, that you're gifted in. And then he says, but also do the work of an evangelist. So maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm not seeing myself as somebody that can do that work or that can encourage somebody or can, that can you know, lead somebody to, to the Lord straight away. And I say, okay, but, but let's do the small steps. And what are those things? What are the small steps that we can take? And I want to say, just in the way that you and I have received, freely give in prayer, number one. That is something we can do. Amen? We can put our faith out for somebody that we know, that we interact with on a weekly basis. Say, Lord, I want to pray for this person that they would know you. Amen? And... I found that the more I pray for somebody, the more I understand the heart of God for that person. And, and, and the more I pray with, for somebody, my faith grows as I start to, to hear the voice of God for that person and the voice of the Holy Spirit for that person. Okay, so let's do this practically. For those of you taking notes, it's easy. If you're not taking notes, think in your mind or make a note on your phone. <laughs> Think of two people that you know from your work kind of environment or somebody that you interact with in a work or class or school basis regularly. Two people that you can pray for. Amen. Two names. I know you've got somebody in mind, all right? Um, and then also maybe another two people that you know from more from your community or neighborhood or gym or... Somebody that you, you see on a regular basis, but not in a work context or class context, just to make it interesting. Amen. Make a mental note or make a real note. Or I believe this is, these are the small steps that we can make. Say, so God, I'm going to pray for this person. I want to see your kingdom come in their lives. I'm going to step out in faith. And you know what? When God saw the faith of the people carrying their friend... And putting him in through the roof, he said, wow, look at this faith. And the person was healed right there. And then he, his sins were forgiven as well. So let us be the ones that put out our faith for those around us. Amen.
And then what's the other, what are the other small steps? Um, <clears throat> okay. Pray, oh yes, pray for those people, but pray also for your own heart. <laughs> Lord, help me. Give me compassion. Give me love for those that you've put around me. Give my, make my heart soft. Give me, move my heart in with compassion. Like Jesus was moved with compassion. All right. Secondly, very simply, you don't even have to have a fancy testimony or a sermon or something, but just to make a point of telling people what God has done in your life. And again, we think, oh, how can I tell my colleague or how do I tell my boss? If that's too big a leap, then start with a small one. <laughs> tell your, your family. That's such a powerful habit. If we're in the habit of telling my family or my spouse or my kids, this is what God did. And then we, when we maybe grow in boldness, and then I tell, go to my small group and say, God, this is what God, guys, this is what God has done in my life. And then we grow in boldness, and then we go maybe come to a point where at Bible school you share, this is what God has done. Or on a Sunday, you come and say, I want to testify because God has done something in my life. You know, there's something powerful when we, when we testify, when we proclaim this is something that's nothing to do with me, no glory to me, nothing attention on me at all, but God has done in my life. And that's also, we can start with the small steps and we get into a habit of proclaiming this is what God has done. And if you, if you get into that habit, you'll realize there's every week there are new things because God is, a, God is busy doing stuff. I mean, He's in our lives and He's alive and he, he's, he's so powerfully faithful that we've got so many things we can share that God has done. Amen? Let's get into that habit. Tell people what He has done in your life. This is what the lady did. She said, guys, look, I met this person, and this is what he's done. This is what he's done in my life. Amen. Okay. And then the next small step is not to necessarily have a sermon or have a theological degree, but we can invite someone. Like that friend of mine, <laughs> or those few, there's a few of them. That were faithful. And you know what? I said no a lot of times. Even in varsity, I was visiting other churches. And, but this guy had a conviction that I should come to with him to Shofar. <laughs> and he kept on inviting me, encouraging me, praying for me. That's not difficult to do. Amen. This lady, she went, she said, guys, I don't know exactly what happened. But there's a guy out here. There's a, when, when I went to that place, I met somebody there. And you know what? This could be the Christ. This could be the real thing. And I don't know about you guys, but I realize that we don't have a perfect church. I don't think there is such a thing. You know, we don't have a perfect building. We don't have perfect anything. But the one thing that I can say that blesses me so much, that when we are gathered together like here right now, or in a small group, or when we gather together in, in the park <laughs> to minister to the community, or when we go there at the shelter where we minister, wherever we gather together, where I go cycling with some of my friends in church, when we gather, I experience the presence of Jesus. Amen? 
It's not smoke and mirrors and lots of stuff, but when we gather, I experience the presence of God. And when I leave the gathering, I'm encouraged, and I'm built up, and I feel like God has done something. And all I'm saying is that it's a small step to say, I am experiencing the presence and the blessing of God in the the gatherings of the saints. Don't you want to come and check it out? Because all of us have that somebody that invited us. I mean, if you look at the statistics, we look at these gazillions of people that get saved in these huge crusades or outreaches and stuff. But if you look at the, the bigger picture, it's about 2% of people that come into relationship with God in that kind of context. Most believe it, and you invited them to a gathering. And that is how they, that was... The, most people have, have so these are American statistics, but I'm guessing that ours wouldn't be so far off. And I am challenged to that. God is inviting us to partner with Him, amen, to be that person in the life of somebody else. Are you with me this evening? Freely, freely we have received. Now, freely we can give. Give, and that, as he writes, he says, as freely as we have received, we can give. I want, to, I want to close again with that, that scripture that we read last time in Matthew 5. And I, I want to proclaim it over us. Amen? And if you remember, I just want to, yeah, I'll just remind you what we, what we closed with last week. You, or the last time, you are the salt of the earth. This is not a, a maybe, okay? If you are following God, if you're a believer, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I just want to remind us again that the light that we have is not needed so much where there is already light. The light that we carry with us is needed where there's darkness. And maybe you you find your workplace intimidating or maybe the place where you stay or there's you've got difficult relationships where you experience but there's darkness here, there's difficulty, there's tough situations. I have a friend that he works in, a, in such a difficult environment that there is proper darkness there. And I encourage him saying, that is where the light is needed the most. Go with boldness into that place. Go with boldness into that place because you are carrying the light of the gospel in you, the light of Christ. Amen. Let's stand this evening. We're going to pray. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure of the the glory of God, the glory of the knowledge of who He is and His great salvation. We have this in, in vulnerable, imperfect vessels.
But that is where the glory of Christ is. When we are real about our faults through our vulnerability, when we are real about who we are, but we are also real about who Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Um, and I just want to reiterate this, this verse here in, um, in Matthew 10. Go out, announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. It's here, it's accessible, it's for everybody. And then it ends, it says, give as freely as you have received. Maybe just take a moment, I just feel, oh, let's just take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to remind us of that time when you and I came to Christ. And allow the Holy Spirit to remind you of those that prayed for you. To remind you of those that invited you. Maybe of those authority figures that spoke life. Teachers, ministers, whatever, parents. People that ministered life, that pronounced, that spoke life. People whose fruit you could see. Joy, peace, love, goodness, kindness. You could see it in their lives and you knew that this is something different. People that imparted life to you. Uh, people that invited you. People that were bold said, come. Come and see. Come along. Come and experience something. Come and meet with Him. Lord, we just want to give you all the glory tonight Lord. we thank you Father that each of us here that knows you Lord each of us that are following you we have the story of your redemption in our lives Lord no matter what our lives were like we were all heading for destruction we were all heading for hell and you brought us from darkness into your marvelous light And we just thank you for every one of those people, Lord, that played such a significant role, Lord. Those people that had the faith that even when there wasn't space, they went up on the roof. Even when it was tough, they continued to pray. Even when there was no response, they continued to invite. Even when there was seemingly no progress, they persevered. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. And this evening, Lord, I pray that you'd stir in our hearts urgency to be that person for somebody else, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you'd stir in our hearts an urgency, Lord, to pray, to carry people in prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd stir in our hearts an urgency to to tell of what you have done and to say come and see for yourself so that our friends would come and that they would say you know what I, I, I heard what you had to say but now I've seen for myself I have seen and I know that this is the Christ this is the Savior of the world stir our hearts with compassion Lord in the name of Jesus Why is every eyes closed this evening? If, if you're here this evening. 
Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar we don't Christian yet Church. Have that assurance we believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing Maybe God's you're in kingdom a similar space and His glory in your life. For more info, so hard, call us on 012-362-1363. You're not browse our website www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com right forward slash Shofar You have a desire to know God. You have a desire to make right with you. And you are ready to lay down your life. You are ready to take You are ready to walk away from sin. You are ready, ready to, to repeat and turn towards Him. If that's you this evening, it would be my absolute privilege to pray with you. So as every eye is closed, if you would you want to take that big step to my privilege, you just want to raise your hand for a moment. Maybe you were close with God in the past. But right now, you know you are far from Him. You want to draw near to Him again. We'd love to pray with you too. Is there anybody like that? Thanks so much.